You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So that was Miss Ella Fitzgerald. Again, getting back to the whole best singers and whatnot. I think if you were to just flat out ask me who my favorite female singer would be, it would be Ella Fitzgerald. Sully Gundy, uh, at Noah Gunderson1 on Twitter, had uh, listed her as... He says, quote, Ella Fitzgerald could scat my ears into heaven. It's funny because I didn't want to initially play this song. My favorite song of hers is probably the, if you just type in Ella Fitzgerald, one of the top ones that comes up is Summertime, the live version, but it's a little too slow for the podcast, and it was hard to find like a spot to blast in the intro. But if you listen to that and then listen to the one I just played, the variety that she can do with her voice, and it, it doesn't sound... You know, a lot of singers like to put a lot of pizzazz into everything. A lot of when you listen to her, it's like, yeah, it's just kind of whatever, it's just kind of singing. But then she'll do something else, like, what the heck was that? I remember I was listening to her many, many years ago when my family was watching American Idol, and it's like, these guys suck, man. <laughs> so it's not like I've done a ton of research, but I think my favorite female vocalist is probably Ella Fitzgerald. If you listen to how high she can get her voice, although having seemingly a pretty naturally low voice, the distortion she puts in her voice, which is crazy. Obviously, there's no technology whatsoever. This is in the 60s. Everything you're hearing is just what it is. This is a live performance, probably with garbage microphones. <laughs> but just, yeah, I mean, the, the, the distortion she's putting into her voice is crazy. And then there was that, I don't even know what you call it, where she just like flipped her voice real quick in the middle of that song, like, what the heck was that? So yeah, Ella's awesome. All right, let's get started here. We got... Um... A question, or I should say, I, I need to do a clarification. Zach in the Patreon Discord says, Ryan said today on the podcast that the Packers went all in and failed. Yes, they failed to win a Super Bowl, but they succeeded to be the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. Maybe that's something Ryan can look at. How often does the best team in the regular season win the Super Bowl? Blah, blah, blah. So, biggest thing I want to do is clarify, that's that's exactly what I meant. Um, if I just said flat out failed, I meant failed to win a Super Bowl. And the, the reason I say that is because... I get frustrated with people that say the reason we can get to the NFC Championship but can't win a Super Bowl is because the Packers refuse to just go all in. I think I'm just 100% tired of the all-in talk. 
there's only one way to go all in. You know what it is? To spend all your money. Most teams spend all their money. So most teams go all in every year. The only thing all in means is do something crazy. That's what most people mean, do something crazy. Because what else does it mean? How, how do you go all in? You spend a bunch of money. And the only people that can spend a bunch of money are the people that have a bunch of money. And the only people that have a bunch of money are the teams that don't spend a lot of money on their players. And the teams that don't spend a lot of money on their players are the teams that don't have a lot of talent on their team. So yeah, if you're a garbage team and you got a bunch of leftover money because you're not paying anybody because everybody's trash, you can spend a bunch of money doing crazy stuff. And then it looks like you're going quote unquote all in. Dude, all in means you're spending all your money. The only other thing is to spend too much money, spend a bunch of future money, which is exactly what the Packers have done. They've, They've done things to damage the future, right? You push money out so that you have a little bit of extra money this year so you can do a little bit of extra stuff. So that's exactly what they did. They went all the way all in spent all their money, spent a bunch of next year's money, and still didn't win a Super Bowl. I, I agree. They, I, I've been saying for a long time, I think that what they've done is a success. I don't know why they didn't finish, why they couldn't finish strong. That's a separate issue. It's frustrating. It's annoying. But everything Brian Gutekunst can do to build the best team in football, he has done. He has been a massive success by far. I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do, uh, to analyze GMs. And I, I have almost, just by looking at other teams and what they've accomplished through free agency in the draft, I have the utmost confidence that Gutekunst will be at or near the top of any ranking that I can do. I mean, just looking at the talent across the board for this team is ridiculous. And again, the fact that, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a turnaround as quickly. Brian Gutekunst steps in, they go from a team that's completely falling apart to one of the best teams in football. It's just, that just, that stuff doesn't happen. And consistently, not like a one-year fluke, because sometimes you get a coach and a GM and they come in and there's all this crazy stuff and they're real good for a year and then they just fade out. No, still on top. In fact, better than the year before. Just the result was the same as far as the record, as far as how far they got. But the 2020 Packers would have beaten the 2019 Packers. The only possible concern is that I think the defense might have been a little better, but that's only really the pass rush I'm talking about. Then you take the problems with the 2019 Green Bay Packers offense, and you take the DBs and Jair and all that stuff. I don't, I don't, I think 2020 whoops on uh, 2019 pretty handily. And, and pass rush or not, that 2020 Packers offense would probably annihilate the 2019 Packers defense. So yeah, that, that, and I, I just throw that out there as a dig for all the people that are constantly saying the reason we're not winning Super Bowls is because Gutekunst and Ted Thompson don't go all in. And they can never say what that means, ever. The only time that they can say what that means is when a guy like Julio becomes available and suddenly they're like, get that guy, get that guy. They can't explain how that wins us a Super Bowl. But again, that's just how I know what they mean is do something crazy, which is not a, a, a serious thought at all. Like you're not going to read a book written by a GM or listen to a conversation by somebody who's been in the industry or any of these guys who's like, look, honestly, the secret to winning Super Bowls is just be kind of crazy. Like when, when a guy that was really good like five years ago, like best in the league becomes available and he's 33 years old and he's way too expensive, that's the guy you got to get. That's how you do it. So yeah, again, just to clarify, I don't mean that they were just failures in a broad sense. I mean, they failed to win a Super Bowl despite going all in, which is what the all in crowd refuses to acknowledge, which is why I just get so frustrated with that. You should have went all in. Well, we did, and we didn't win a Super Bowl, so now what? You didn't go all in enough. <laughs> really? Because there's literally no more money on this team. Describe to me how we can go more all in. 
You can't because we have gone all the way all in. So your little philosophy on going all in didn't work, so please knock it off. That's all I'm saying. It's just, it's just, it's annoying because it's way too simplistic. If you just go all in, then you win. Despite the fact that every year, most teams go all in and most teams lose. And in fact, a lot of the teams that go all in are kind of just garbage and don't even make it to the playoffs. So just stop. Just stop. Stop saying that. Stop saying the Packers don't go all in. Stop saying the reason the Packers didn't win a Super Bowl is because they didn't go all in. It's nonsense. Sit down by yourself before you blurt that out and really think to yourself, how does this work? Step by step. If they do this, then this happens. Really think it out and then go back in the past. Don't just posit it and say, there you go. There's my theory and this is how it is. No, no, no. Apply it to decades of information that we have of football teams. Apply it to any team in any year. If the the Giants would have done it in 2011, then this would have happened. If the, if the Broncos would have done it in 2016, then this would have... Whatever. I don't care. Pick any team any year and say, if they would have applied my philosophy, what would have been different? And you find out that most of the time, or better yet, find a team that did exactly what you think and find out how they did. All right, Bears went out and got Khalil Mack. That is one of the biggest acquisitions in recent memory. How's that going? Well, they, they made it to the playoffs that one year. Right. But that's the problem. What 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 else? And they also do what what these same kind of fans like to do all the time, which is give away all your picks to move up and get the guy. Give away all your picks to get somebody in free agency because picks are stupid. You you miss most of the time anyway, so you might as well just trade away all your 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 picks to go out and get the best guys that fell, which we don't know who the best guys are, but well, let's pretend we do because the media says this is the best guy, so obviously it must be. And then we'll give away the rest of our picks to go out and acquire guys. And it's not that the guys that they acquired are bad. Khalil Mack is a good football player. Allen Robinson's a good football player. The problem is, what about the rest of the team? Well, the rest of the team isn't very good. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that you gave away all your picks. So it's an interesting philosophy, but in practice, as we've already seen, it doesn't work too well. I'm sorry to tell you the best way to build a team is the way the Packers generally do it. It's a revolving door of talent coming in to replace talent going out. If you're too aggressive now, you're not allowed to be aggressive later. It's like basic budgeting. If you spend too much today, you're not going to have enough money to pay your rent tomorrow, and then you get evicted. doesn't happen quite that fast, but you get my point. You have to save some money for next month. can't just slap all your hopes and dreams on, on the credit card and say, let's just have the best day today ever. I mean, there are a lot of fans who genuinely embody, and I think this is a common thinking for you know, modern America, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, right? And they apply that to football. Hey, let's just win it all because who cares about tomorrow, right? Let's party and do all the stuff we want to because, hey, we're all going to die anyways. It's like, no, listen, okay, that's real dark and whatever, but no, let's try to be responsible because unfortunately, I hate to tell you this, tomorrow you don't actually die. Tomorrow you wake up with a hangover and you're overweight and you're no longer merry, because you felt like doing that yesterday. So really, if we applied this properly, it would be eat, drink, and be merry, and tomorrow we be miserable. And so we eat more, drink more, to try to be merry again, and then tomorrow, the next day, we're even more miserable. Same thing with football. You keep chasing it and chasing it and chasing it, and tomorrow it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. That's why teams eventually have to just blow it up. You cut a bunch of guys, and then that year you got this massive dead cap hit, so you, you, you can't even pay to bring anybody in, but then eventually you get a clean slate, right? You, all the money is off the books, all the dead money is off the books, you start over, you get all your picks back, 
you start acquiring more picks because your team is really bad and you get some high picks and maybe you can trade back a little bit and you probably get some compensatory stuff because again you're making guys leave and they're going elsewhere and you just you start start over trying to be responsible right it would be if we're keeping this equivalent we're going to give up drinking we're going to get on a diet and it's not going to be quite as jubilant as those big parties we've been throwing every day for a week but you know what we got to start being responsible because we're becoming very miserable and hopefully this time we can do it properly get healthier and uh, be actually more happy on a day-to-day basis as opposed to you know big bash today get all excited and then realize it didn't quite fulfill all your dreams and then you crash out and you're just miserable which is exactly what most football teams do and it's what a lot of fans want the Packers to do and I'm asking you to please stop asking for that because I don't want that I don't want to have a big party where we get all excited because we signed Julio Jones which is physically impossible but let's say it's not and we still end up not winning a Super Bowl and we're just doomed for the next at least three, four, five years because we got to unwind all this n- nightmare that has been created. So we get at least three, four, five years of misery. Aaron Rodgers has been completely nullified because the team is useless. We, we can't, all the talent has to go. Julio's got to go. Devontae's got to go. Zadarius has got to go. They all got to go. So Aaron Rodgers is useless, right? We did all this so that we can keep Rodgers and go all in. But now we got to get rid of all his talent because we, we completely ruined our own cap. So we might as well trade Rodgers because the next three years are useless. I'm just, you know, that's just, let's just nice and slow. The, at the end of the day, the reality is you need to put your team in a position to win. And Gutekunst has done that. They are a good enough team. It's not about talent. They're already good enough to win a Super Bowl. It's on Matt LaFleur and these players to step up and win. That's it. And there's no guarantee. It really just is a roll of the dice. And I hate to tell you that everybody wants this black and white answer. Everybody wants, if, if you do this, then this, right? It's, if we, again, let's go back to our analogy, right? The right way to do it, eat healthier, eat less calories than you burn, and you're going to be fine. No, I heard that, like, if you eat this miracle fruit, then everything, stop, 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 stop with the magic pill stuff. There is no magic pill. No, like, if you, if you do yoga at 4.05 in the morning, then you wake up and you eat a papaya, and you fast for 18 hours, I can eat whatever I want at midnight. Like, I can literally eat 5,000 calories and be... No, 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 I'm sorry, no. Doesn't work. Stop it. Please stop with the magic pill stuff. Well, if we just sign... No, no signing. No. Build a quality football team. The Packers have a quality football team. Now it's about execution. That's it. We have a good team. Relax. Relax. We don't need Julio. We don't need anybody other these other guys. Yes, there's a there's a hole over here. I acknowledge that. The linebackers, ooh, a little scary. Offensive line. I don't know what's gonna happen there. We'll have to see. Defensive line. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What if guys regress? Yeah, ooh, that's scary. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers almost hundred percent will because MVPs don't usually repeat. Devontae, probably. Bakhtiari, probably. Because when you're number one everywhere, the odds of being number one two years in a row just doesn't happen. Doesn't mean bad, but regress, yeah, maybe. Said the same thing about Zadarius. Guess what? He regressed. A lot more than I was hoping he would, but he regressed. But you know what? It's still a good football team. It's still good enough to win a Super Bowl. So it just is what it is. We got to relax, embrace it, enjoy it, start appreciating the team for what it is appreciating the players for what they are, Matt LaFleur for what he is, Brian Gutekunst for what he is, acknowledge that yes, the Packers have holes, like literally all 32 teams in the NFL have, including the Buccaneers and the Chiefs and everybody else. They got holes all over the place. Massive holes, massive issues. Doesn't matter. You still can win a Super Bowl. This is not about build the perfect team and then you win. That's not how this works. Nobody has ever had the perfect team. 
The Packers in the 90s that won a Super Bowl is about as close as it gets. <laughs> and look, you do what you want to do, but I'm just telling you that it's, first of all, you're incorrect if you think that we have to do X, Y, and Z to win and we're not winning because they're not doing X, Y, and Z. That's just not reality. But you're going to enjoy this a lot more. The team is what it is. It's not perfect. The Green Bay Packers will never, ever, ever be perfect. There will never be a team that is perfect. But they're very good. They're very talented. And let's just try to enjoy it. All right? And it's, 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 it's the same thing I said last year. I mean, it's win, lose, or draw. If this whole season has been win a Super Bowl or it's been a waste, you missed it. You missed all of it. Because last year was a lot of fun. But a lot of people took all that fun, all the great memories, all the good times, the whole great year, packaged it up, took it out back, lit it on fire, and said, I'm done with this. Dude, it can't just be about winning Super Bowls or I hate this. And, and people tell me that all the time. Like, I waste my time. I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of this team. I'm tired of... Relax. Enjoy it. Enjoy all of it. Enjoy the draft. Enjoy the offseason. Enjoy the drama. Enjoy the preseason. Enjoy the, the, the guys I really, you know, bet on a horse. Like, I bet this guy's going to be real good, and I don't like that guy. Da, 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 da. It doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. The team doesn't care what you think. But do it anyways, because it's fun. Like, people get mad when you do draft grades. Like, yeah, they're stupid, but let them do it. People get mad about mock draft. It's stupid. It doesn't mean anything. Relax. So what? So is watching television. It's stupid. It doesn't do anything for you. But you do it. Why? Because it's fun. It's relaxing. I don't know. Not a whole lot of nutritional value in cheesecake, but you eat it anyways. Just calm down. Enjoy stuff. And a pretty good follow-up, uh, Jake, who just recently joined Patreon and the Discord, says, I just had a thought while at my night shift at work. Why doesn't Aaron Rodgers look at this upcoming season as such a huge opportunity with the Packers? Think about it. If he is... If he thinks he has leverage now, imagine if he won the Super Bowl and he gets back-to-back -back MVP, maybe. And with how unlikely that is, maybe a Super Bowl MVP. Now that's leverage. That's how you put the Packers in a bind. Anyway, I don't know, just to have that thought. So, slightly different thought on this. I'm sorry, Zach, I didn't actually answer your ultimate question, but maybe I'll circle back at another time. It just dawned on me I didn't answer it. So, I'm halfway there with, with you, Jake. I, I think it's... If you're going to gamble, I think that's too high of a gamble. I think he has peaked in terms of just just a cost-benefit, right? How much more leverage is he going to get if they win a Super Bowl compared to right now as MVP, compared to the, the possibility that he, number one, gets injured, number two, doesn't win MVP again, they don't win. I mean, it, it's it got to be 99% that he is not the Super Bowl. I shouldn't say that. It's not 99% they don't win a Super Bowl, so why wouldn't it be, you know, he would be the MVP. But it's just the odds are just astronomically low compared to the leverage he already has. It's sort of a, it's not even a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, which would be a good analogy here. It's like the, a bird in the hand is worth 1.125 in the bush or, or not. It's, it doesn't raise the value all that much compared to the fact that you could just lose what you have right now. But I, I guess if you do think it raises it that much, fine, then I'm just going to stick with the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Right, don't go chasing two. You got one right now. Just cash in on it. And I don't think he's going to win MVP again. If he does, great. That's that's crazy. I mean, that's that's like a historic thing. But the other thing that, if, if we just cut off the end of it, why doesn't Aaron Rodgers look at this upcoming season as such a huge opportunity with the Packers? That by itself, I think kind of speaks volumes. And I know, listen, at the end of the day, we always say that, that this is a business, and we usually mean that toward these evil teams, right? Oh, it's the teams. They just view it as, as, as a business. But the players, obviously, are pure at heart. No, it's business for the players, too. The Packers are, again, with Aaron Rodgers coming back, he knows 
they're probably the best team in football. He knows full well that this isn't about Jake Kumaro or any stupid nonsense. Jordan Love is not taking his job. Packers have already told him that. Good chance they end up winning a Super Bowl. Much better chance than any of these teams that he's going to get traded to, the Raiders, the Broncos, whatever. Way better chance of winning a Super Bowl with the Packers. Why doesn't he want that? Because his focus right now is more for himself. Which, again, fine, do whatever you want to do. And, and again, I don't even know. Maybe it legitimately is he just wants out and he's not coming back. That could be the case. Right, we're, we're hearing that there's communication, but again, all that means is Rodgers is still continuing to talk to them. So it's somewhere in between. Either they're right on the cusp of a, of a deal, or, uh, or he's just still in his mind saying, we're, I'm, I'm done with this. But it is, it is frustrating. I think because a lot of us have this idealized version of players, especially Aaron Rodgers, about how competitive he is and how much he wants to win and how bad he wants it, his best opportunity to get a Super Bowl. And, and, and you know, he could come back, write out his contract, try to win a Super Bowl, and, and just essentially as long as he keeps playing at a high level, he does leave on his terms. The Packers are not going to get rid of him as long as he's playing. It doesn't have to be necessarily MVP, but if he can continue to play at that level, he's not going anywhere. This is about security. This is about if I start to fail, if I fall off, if I'm not as good anymore, if I get hurt and can't play anymore, I want more. It's not about assurances based on me still being real good. You have assurances. As long as you're real good, you play as long as you want. If you're a top five quarterback, you will always be able to play. So yes, it is frustrating because if he comes back, this team is is dominant. And he knows that. And he knows no matter where he goes, he's not going to be as good. But this isn't about finding something better. This isn't about a GM that actually is going to listen and get me weapons. No, he has all the weapons he needs in Green Bay. He has more weapons. He's not going to a better team. That will not happen. So all that is nonsense. This is about either I just hate this team and I want out or I want more security. But I do think that is a big part of this equation. And I wish I had a couple of other answers as far as where exactly Aaron Rodgers' head is at. Is he kind of bluffing so that he gets more or is this real? Because that does mean a lot. The, the opportunity with the Packers means a lot. And Aaron Rodgers knows that. He has to know that. And for all the people that say Aaron Rodgers makes all these guys look better, that's so ridiculous. Well, look at what happens when guys leave and they're no good. The Packers get rid of guys that are declining. Jordy Nelson was let go because he can't do what he's doing anymore, what he used to do anymore. Look, I mean, look at Mike Daniels. You tell me Aaron Rodgers made Mike Daniels? No, the Packers got rid of him because they didn't feel that he was going to be able to produce anymore. He goes somewhere else, and he hasn't been very good, like at all, which is shocking, because he was. I thought he was still good, but the Packers don't look at last year, they look to the future. And by the way, you can also do that in reverse. If if Aaron Rodgers makes guys elite that aren't elite other uh, in other places, explain to me why guys come to Green Bay and are not any better. When we've brought in running backs in the past, they don't get better. When we've brought in all the... Jimmy Graham got worse when he went from Russell Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. Martellus Bennett was at his absolute worst. He was better with the Bears and the Patriots. He comes to Green Bay, he was terrible. Jared Cook was good for like a game. Then he went to the Saints and was better than he was in Green Bay. So don't give me that nonsense. That's so silly. Devontae, what, Devontae would be nothing if, if not for... Then explain to me why Devontae wasn't good when he was younger. Did Aaron Rodgers get better as a quarterback that made him better? No, Devontae got better because Devontae got better. Not because Aaron Rodgers built him to be better. It's, a, it's just, just such a weird and nonsensical argument. Why is an MVS better? Why is an Equinemius better? Because they're not as good a wide receivers. Guys who aren't good wide receivers and come to Green Bay, guess what? They don't become better because of Aaron Rodgers. 
Most wide receivers that come here fail. You know why? Because Rodgers isn't some kind of magical magician that makes everybody great. That's just such a fake myth that has no basis in reality whatsoever. You know Richard Rodgers was a top five tight end in the NFL last year? Did you know that? Nobody seems to know that. As far as his PFF grade, he was third, one spot above George Kittle. It's probably a fluke, but it's never happened in Green Bay before. He had an 88.6 overall grade, a 90.5 receiving grade. His highest in Green Bay was a 70.8 receiving grade. So it's just, it's, it's not a reality. Players that are good are good. Players that are bad are bad. Players that are average are average. Are you going to get more production from Aaron Rodgers pairing, you know, because, yeah, because some of these passes are going to be a little bit more accurate. But if the guy can't get open, the guy can't get open. If the guy can't catch, the guy can't catch. It has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. He still has to do his job, and then it's a matter of Aaron Rodgers putting it where he can get it. So, yeah, you get more statistical um, upgrades, maybe, assuming there's more targets and more accuracy, which is about all he can produce to help the statistics. But as far as them being a good player, that doesn't change anything. If you're not open, you're not open. Anyways, this is probably a good enough spot as any to take a break. I had a thought. Because it's kind of becoming clear to me that this Patreon goal is not going to happen, I'm going to up the stakes a little bit. I'm still fairly certain that I... I shouldn't even say that. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing for the Steelers thing. Let's just say probably not. But, as I said before, the goal that I had was 300 patrons. And I want to get there before, um, let's just say, the end of the the first week of, of football. If we can get there, 300 patrons, I'll buy you a ticket to the game. One person gets a ticket to the game. And if you already got a ticket, you just get an extra one that you can invite somebody else with. How's that for up in the stakes? Now, I might have to put an upper limit on the cost because those tickets are getting mighty expensive. So maybe I'll just give you a little bit of money toward it or something. I don't know. I think right now they're in the... Th- I mean, let's, let's, let's see what the prices are at right now. Hopefully they're starting to come back down. I don't know. Nope, 340 bucks. <laughs> oh, man. Might have to like cap it out at 350 or something. Or just pick a different game. And I'll get you some premium seats at a different game or something. I don't know. I'll get you a ticket. So anyways, that's the offer. We need 93 more people. And it, it all it takes, I mean, it really is. I mean, it could be today. 93 people out of the thousands that are listening that are not patrons to go to patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy and sign up for a dollar a month. Once you do that, you are one of presumably 300 people that have a shot at a free ticket to a Green Bay Packers game. Compliments of the Packernet podcast. Talk amongst yourselves. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Got a bunch of more really good questions in the patreon discord it's another so just so you know the the patreon thing aside from if we reach that goal you get a ticket to a game or one of the other things if you want that which is fine we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there basically it's, it's wide open for any kind of football related content you want i'll get it for you <laughs> just leave it open-ended but you can also join the patreon uh discord as well as uh the episodes are uploaded on the patreon.com website and um, it is uploaded the night before, and it is ad-free. So, anyways, uh, Aaron Aaron Arnold Weasley, I guess? It's interesting. Uh, that's Or just A. Arnold Weasley. It's blowing my mind that that's, that's a thing. A-A-R-N, A-A-R-O-N-A-L-D is Aaron, and then if you just slide over one, it's Arnold. So it's, I don't know, it's pretty, pretty wild, man. You ever, you ever see that band Angel? My dad used to like that band Angel, some like 70s, 80s band, I don't know. But they spell Angel, and if you flip it upside down, it still says Angel. It's kind of like that. Kind of, kind of twisted my brain like that. Anyways, he says, all the talk is Rogers is in Hawaii, and therefore he is not going to camp while ignoring that Funches is still in Hawaii as well. Maybe Rogers just wanted a little vacation before camp, like the wide receiver that is also on the team. Yeah, there's one big problem with that, though. Devin Funches says he wants to be a Packer. Aaron Rodgers says he doesn't. <laughs> so, And again... The reason I know that is because the Packers are not flying out to have meetings with Aaron Rodgers saying we hope he comes back because he's coming back. We know that there's an issue, right? And none of this makes sense in the context of Aaron Rodgers walks in like, oh, what, what's going on? I didn't know any of this stuff. was going. I was just taking a vacation. I was going to come right back. So, I mean, if you want to look at it from the standpoint of is it possible that even if this wasn't an issue, he still would have taken a vacation and not shown up? I guess, maybe. I still don't like it, and, and, and I didn't even know Funches is in Hawaii. I did see he posted on Instagram that he's in Hawaii right now, which is super annoying to me. The team is getting together. You've never played a snap for the Green Bay Packers because you chose not to play last year, right? So you chose to opt out. That's fine. Um, now you're back. You really need to get caught up to speed because you took an entire year off. You should probably learn about the team a little bit, get together with the guys, get together with the coaches, get together with everybody, but instead you're going to take a vacation. Okay. Again, it's up to you. You do whatever you want. It's about priorities. These guys get a lot of time off and have tons of money to enjoy their time off. Now is the time to go back to work and actually try to decide, you know, is this about me having fun or is this about me wanting to win? 
do I want to win? Is that the most important thing? Or is me chilling out on uh, on the beach the most important thing? Well, apparently for Funchess, it, it's chilling out on the beach. All right, well, there's your priorities then. Some people are hungry, some people are not. That's all there is to it. Again, compare this to any other major thing. You know, you look at, again, a great example of bodybuilding. There is no off-season where you take months and months off and just do whatever you want. You can't do that. You dedicate every waking moment to this thing that you care the most about to win the Mr. Olympia contest. Everything you put in your body. I mean, these guys eat a lot of food way too often. They don't ha like anything that they eat because it's just it's the same thing every single day. And they hate it. And they go to the gym two, three times a day and work out for hours a day. And that's all they do because they want it real bad. And you can't show up for practice, which is no pads. You're only, because of the union now, it's, it's what? There's no contact. It can only be for like an hour. You got some meetings. You, I mean, most of your day is still just hanging out, doing whatever you want. You can still go back to your room, eat a pizza and play video games all day. But no, I want to be in, in Hawaii because I don't feel like showing up to work because it's voluntary and I don't have to. All right, well, that's if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do, I guess. I don't know. But I just, I just don't want to hear how competitive you are and how much you care and how much all this means to you. I don't want to hear it because that is, that is not even a sacrifice. That's just show up to work. That's just, you can go to Hawaii some other time. Or how about you, you could have gone to Hawaii any time in the last several months. Well, maybe not because of COVID, but you, you get the point, right? It's just give me a break. It's a separate thing with, with Funches than it is with Rogers. So yeah, maybe he would have done this anyways, but I think the larger point, we, we can't tie those two things together because they're very different. Devin Funches, 100% is going to be a Green Bay Packer, at least according to him. Aaron Rodgers is not coming to camp because as of right now, he is not a Green Bay Packer. That's just a reality. I mean, contractually he is, but in his mind, he's not. And that's why they're trying to come to a resolution because they want to come to, there is no resolution contractually. There's nothing to figure out as far as his contract. Just show up. But he's saying no, right? That's the point. That's the big difference. That's why the Packers have to fly out individually to meet with him to try to convince him, hey, please come back. Please play for us this year. So there's a little bit of truth to it, but there's still a massive difference between Aaron Rodgers and Devin Funches. So um, Goose says, if you were Gutekunst and you traded Rodgers picking up three firsts, three seconds, what would be your philosophy on building the team up with those picks? Focus on offense, defense, package and trade up for high picks. What would your vision for the Packers post-Rodgers be? So this is actually part of the reason why I didn't necessarily want to trade Rodgers before the draft. I know that was a big thing, but it's like, man, you can get so much and you can get guys this year. I don't know that I want guys this year because I don't exactly know where our weak spots are post Aaron Rodgers. Right, think about it. What if we need a new quarterback and we wasted two of our picks last year? We get three first round picks, but we got a team to give us two firsts last, like the Jets or something. That wouldn't happen, I think, because they like their guy. But let's just say they're going to give us three firsts, which is two 2021 picks and one 2022 pick. And we use those picks on a wide receiver and an offensive tackle. And then we got our own pick and we get uh, Stokes, right? So we got Stokes and a wide receiver and an offensive tackle. That's awesome. That's a great haul. But what if we find out next year, Jordan Love is no good and we need a quarterback? Now what do we do? Well, we do have two first round picks. Maybe we got enough to go up and get a quarterback anyways. But point is, I'd like to have more picks in the future because we need to assess what we need, right? And, and also, we've, we've got to look at a lot of guys that probably can't stick around. Now, with Aaron Rodgers gone, we do have a little bit more money, but I still think we've got to do some work. If we're keeping Zadarius, which I would like to do, but it can't be for this amount of money, we have to extend him. If we're not going to extend him, we have a very serious problem because I know Preston's gone. So either way, we need some pass rushers. 
Either way, we're probably going to want to get a defensive lineman. Either way, I would like to at some point get a linebacker, but I know that doesn't seem to be a massive thing. So it's the problem with answering the question, which is a fantastic question, is I don't know what this team is. I don't know what the future is without Aaron Rodgers. If our there's more, I've said this before. There's more questions this year than in most years because there's so much in flux. What is Kenny Clark with this new defensive coordinator? Is he going to take a step, or is he? Just, is this just what he is? He had like one or two flukish, really good years, and really he's just not that good, and we massively overpaid him because he hasn't been good in like three years. I shouldn't say hasn't been good. Hasn't been elite top five defensive tackle in like three years. The last two years he has not been. If he gets back to form, and if Zadarius Smith is sticking around and Rashawn Gary takes a step, our defensive line is is freakish. And then depending on what happens with Kingsley Kiki, depending on what happens with Tadero Slayton, right? There's so much in flux along the defensive line from edge through through to the other edge. Linebacker, I don't have a massive amount of, of expectation for, so I think at some point we got to address that, but it doesn't have to be first or second round necessarily. Um, Amos and Savage. Is Amos sticking around? I hope he is, but he is getting kind of expensive and the Packers don't seem to really want to commit to him. I was hoping they would extend him. They didn't. I think they just restructured him, which actually makes it less likely we're going to keep him, which I don't like that. But how high of a level does he stay at? How high of a level does Darnell stay at? What happens with Eric Stokes? Is he going to pan out between Chandon and, uh, Gene Charles and some of the other guys, like, do we have a real slot? I mean, we might have three elite corners. We might have Jair who takes a step back and nothing else, depending on how some of these guys pan out. And Chandon, I think, is in his final year, as obviously is Kevin King and a bunch of other guys that who knows what's going to happen. Wide receiver. What's going on with Devontae? Is there any chance that he doesn't want to stick around or we don't want to pay him top dollar or whatever? Probably not. I think he's going to stick around. But what about his talent level? Is he going to start to decline? Uh, I've been saying he can't, you know, he can't keep getting better than he is. And then he finally made it to number one wide receiver in football. I have to assume the decline starts this year. Doesn't mean bad. I just mean maybe not number one. And then as the consecutive years go on, you know, ticks down a little bit. What do we have in Amari Rodgers? Do we have anything in Amari Rodgers? What do we have in A.J. Dillon? We haven't really seen him at his best. We've got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. What is that duo going to look like? What about the number three guy? Is there something with Dexter? Is there something with Kylan? Is Jace ever going to take a step? What are we doing with Tunyon? What's Josiah DeGuara going to be like? And then, the, uh, you know, the offensive line. Who is our center? Is it Josh Myers? Is he going to be like a real stud? Is he going to be a bust? What are we doing with Billy Turner? What's Royce Newman's role? Is he going to be our new right tackle? Is he going to be our right guard? Is Jake Hansen going to step up and be something? Is Simon Stepniak going to step up and be something? Is John Runyon going to take a step and be something? Is Cole Van Lannen going to going to take a role on this offense? So as much as I'm, I, I hate to dodge a question, the, the bottom line is my philosophy is build for, gather up for the future, which now is is the only option we have. But I'm, I'm again, I'm glad we didn't acquire a bunch of picks in last year's draft because we have no idea what's going to happen. We need to let this year ride out. We need to get as much information as we possibly can. Last year, we didn't get a lot of information on young guys. They all sat. We have to see Jordan Love and what he can do. We have to see Jace. We have to see Josiah. We have to see A.J. Dillon. We got to see Dexter and Kylan. We got to see a heavy dose of Amari Rogers. We got to see Cole. We got to see Josh Myers. We got to see Runyon. We got to see Royce. We got to get an idea of of what we have in these guys. We got to see Devin. Is Devin a, a major key piece for this I'm talking about Funches for this for this offense, or was that just kind of a throwaway thing that we can move on from next year, no problem? What are we doing with Zadarius? Is he coming back to form or not? What about Preston? Is he actually going to take this last this last year here and do something with it, or are we just 100% done with him? What do we got in Rashawn? What do we got in Kenny? What do we got in Kingsley? What do we got in TJ? 
What is what is Kamal going to do if we give him a bigger role? What is McDuffie going to do? Is Chris Barnes going to step up and be that guy? Can Amos maintain? Can Darno Savage maintain? Can Jair maintain? What do we got in Stokes? And, and none of these things are 100% definitive. If Stokes is bad, that doesn't mean he's going to be bad forever. But I just want to get as much information as I possibly can because at the end of the day, you just want a really good football team. You listen to what... Um, what Gutekunst said when he was talking about getting the defense up to the level of the offense. I mean, really, you just want to have a really good team on offense and defense. And if you have a discrepancy, you got to build it up because you're not winning either way. If you don't have a quarterback, you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. If you don't have a decent enough offense, you're, you're not going to win enough games, especially in today's NFL. If you don't have a really good defense, you're going to struggle to actually win a Super Bowl. Not necessarily games, but when you get to the playoffs and you start playing against the big boys and you start talking about trying to get to the championship game, trying to get to the Super Bowl, trying to win the Super Bowl, you got to have a good defense. So I just need to get as much information about what we actually have as a football team, not just what we have in Jordan Love, but what do we have around Jordan Love what do we have in terms of contractually? Who are we keeping? Who are we getting rid of? Who's a cap casualty? Who needs to stay and go and all this stuff? And then we're going to start building. Do we need to use a bunch of picks to go up and get a new quarterback or are we good with Jordan? Do we have a great you know, offense as far as like the offensive line is set, the running backs are set, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon is lighting the world on fire, the tight ends are good, and the wide receiver group between Devontae and Lazard and Rodgers and, and whatever is just is is dominant. And so we'll start building on depth, but I'm not spending a bunch on that, in which case I'm just going all in on defense, right? Preston's gone. We don't have much along the defensive line, so we're going to stack defensive line talent, get some edge rushers, get some linebackers. Maybe kind of add to our, our DBs a little bit, getting some safety and cornerback depth or possibly talent if they're just not panning out. But I, I just don't have, even even not looking at the Jordan Love equation, I just don't have enough information. Now, the, the one thing I can say is the most important thing is building around Jordan Love if he is our guy. So if we have a discrepancy, let's say, on the offensive line and the defensive line, the offensive line gets a priority. If we have a discrepancy at wide receiver and corner, I think wide receiver gets the priority. I know the Packers probably wouldn't prioritize it that way, but I need my quarterback to be comfortable and confident. I need him to go out there and get Ws, right? Whether that's actual wins in the game or just showing up and having a good game. I need him protected. I need him comfortable in the pocket. I need him to have places to go, and if he makes makes mistakes, it is what it is, and we move on. But I don't want him playing like he did at Utah State, where he's scrambling for his life, he's throwing interceptions, he's getting mocked in the media, and his confidence gets destroyed. We have to build around the guy, and we have to let him sort of build up his own confidence just, just until he gets to the point where he recognizes, you know what, I can do this. I am an NFL quarterback, I am talented, and if I can just get some pieces around me, we can go somewhere. I need him to build up that level of confidence, then we can go other other places. But I don't know what exactly we have. Based on just looking at the team and, and what I think I know, I mean, I, I still probably prioritize at, at least a right tackle. Uh, you know, we'll see what we have in the guys that we have. Hopefully we got something, but I, I would like to get a real stud right tackle to protect my quarterback. I wouldn't mind getting an, a, a boundary wide receiver. And then, you know, again, like I said, defensive line, edge, and linebacker, I, I guess. I'd probably prioritize somewhere along the defensive line before wide receiver. Assuming we have, you know, again, Devontae and Amari are solid. You don't need that other guy, especially when Lazard and, and MVS or whatever, if they're still around, can play in a semi-competent role. You don't need three elite wide receivers. Not saying Amari's going to be elite, but you get what I'm saying. So again, I, I don't mean to dodge the question. I just, I don't have the information necessarily. But that's the benefit of what we need to do this year. If we move on from Aaron Rodgers, we have to really do a good job of assessing what it is we have, what it is we need. And I want guys playing. I don't want guys sitting because they're not ready. We need to evaluate the guys that we have so we can build the best possible roster around Jordan Love as we possibly can.
especially if guys might be leaving, right? If we don't know who's staying on the edge, we need Rashawn getting a really, really heavy dose. Well, I want Pre- I want him to be the number. No- I don't care what you want. If Preston's gone, he needs to be the number three. Rashawn needs as many reps as possible to get better, number one, and for our full assessment of him. Defensive line, I know you trust Dean. I know you trust Tyler. I need to see Kingsley. I need to see TJ Slayton. I need to see these guys playing because I need to know, do we have something in them or not? Because if not, we definitely need to prioritize there. So that's just, that would be my thought. I don't think the Packers would do that. That doesn't seem to be how they operate. That's how my mind would be thinking. Unless we're just wildly successful and Jordan Love's tearing it up and we're winning a bunch of games and it's like, you know what, you guys sit down because we're winning, we're dominating. Let's just give me the best guys that I can trust the most. But assuming that's not the case, then yeah, I just want to see what I got. But anyways, I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.